Welcome to this week's uh, news from the drug war front. My name is Jeff, and my co-presenter, as usual, is Marion. Good morning to you, Marion. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, everybody. And how are we this morning? I hope you're still in bed because it may look good outside, but I can tell you right now, it ain't. Where? The wind is freezing. Where's spring? <laughs> we had it, remember? Oh, Saturday. Saturday. Was, yeah, it was a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> and, but apart from that, that was it. You just get a little taste. Yeah. yeah. No, it does seem to be the weather is um, all over the place, doesn't it? Yeah. I think if you... And if, if you were to quote Donald Trump, the weather's nice. What's this about climate change? Ah. <laughs> He's so smart, isn't he, that man? Actually, speaking to him, he was trying to, you know, put the blame for the Republicans not having a red wave in yeah. the midterm um, election. Who was it on to this time? It was, it was the midterms in America. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I know, but who did he blame? Um, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the few people who stood up for him. Anyone but Donald, you know. Anyone but him, yeah, not his fault. But uh, no, sleepy Joe Biden would be feeling quite chuffed with, yeah, that, with the results. Well, the um, results were amazing, really, given that we thought that, well, the pundits were saying a red wave. Yes. The tsunami didn't happen, did it? Tsunami did not happen. No, no, no. And it looks like they've got um, control of both houses. Well, yeah? they've kept the Senate. The predictions are still the Republicans might take Republicans. the House of Reps by a narrow margin. But it's but not. There's six, there's six um, seats still left still, in doubt, yeah? Still, see, they're still counting, yeah, yeah. happening. So um, it wasn't a red wave by any means. Absolutely. Anyway, welcome listeners to News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation and Advocacy and The Connection, which is Canberra's peer-based drug and alcohol service for First Nations uh, clients. Um, the show promotes, uh, of course, the services provided by Karma, which are quite extensive and also reports on stories relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world. And we also hope, um, Marion and I, to promote discussion and get people to open their minds and think about... And their mouths. And their mouths, yeah. Yeah, talk about it. Talk about it. Think about it. Talk to your partners and, and the people who seem to know nothing about it. Make them aware of the facts, yeah? Don't pretend that you know everything. Nobody knows everything. No. And yeah, so just get into it. Get them talking about it. If you take a look at the evidence of the success of, you know, five, six decades of prohibition, it's... Uh, Been a massive failure, massive without fa- any doubt. With enormous harm, yep. you know, in a whole range of ways. From Think of the deaths in the United States. Every year there are around 30,000. Well, fentanyl. You know, that's just, just phenomenal. Cut a swathe through North America. Um, and even countries that have been turned into battlegrounds by, you know, spraying coca leaves or, you know... Um, and uh, inevitably it'll be something about either poisoning the plant or it'll be something like introducing a drug to substitute opioids like ice, which oh, personally I'm not real fussed on. Well, it hasn't and, done a great... Uh, it hasn't done a great... does no. not promote a good image for drug use at all, but because... Ice is not a good drug doesn't mean that every other drug is no good. No. Yeah, and there's, yeah, no, I just think that's crazy. If they stopped, if they thought about it for a minute and got rid of the war on drugs, got rid of the just say no rubbish, then they would be thinking sensibly maybe about which drugs do have a medical use. And we've found out 
uh, in the last 20 years easily that there have uh, been medical uses for drugs that they have previously said had no medical use whatsoever, like marijuana. Yeah. And opioids, for instance, always had a medical use, as has cocaine. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. yet, you know, what are they doing with ice? Nothing. Well, Because they don't know how to manage it. It's everywhere. And what happened after the New South Wales Ice Commission? Not a damn thing. They ignored it. Ignored the whole lot of recommendations about it completely. Which which is just unforgivable. Yeah. Why ask a question if you don't want to hear the answer? Yeah? Good point. Uh, Do you want to just give a a bit of a rave about Karma? Yeah, I'll give you an idea about Karma, Karma? which is um, a peer education organisation, as is uh, Connection. And it provides a wide range of services like advocacy, peer treatment support, um, support with opioid maintenance treatment, hepatitis C treatment, education, art therapy, support groups, rehab services or referral to, dealing with stigma and discrimination, which is really important, mentoring and referrals. Above all, karma and the connection are harm reduction services. That's something you need to remember. It's all about not don't do it, it's about do it safely. We know people are going to use drugs. It has been happening for thousands of years, but we don't need to tell them by discourage them by just telling them lies. It doesn't work. It just sees people stop believing what you say. And then we've got a couple of stories that come up after this where we might indicate that, you know, because um, media has released stuff doesn't necessarily mean it's true, particularly the heroin cheek well, stuff. Well, the, the past history of mainstream media coverage doesn't lend you to believe um, that they're always 100% accurate. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, I mean, Botox, for crying out loud, it's poisonous. You know, it's just poison. Fancy putting that under your skin. <laughs> why would you do that? I no idea. Well, you know, I mean, I can understand why I'd have a facelift. I can understand that altogether. <laughs> but Botox, uh-uh, no. Anyway, Karma and the Connection are co-located. In the Belconnen Churches Centre is Shop 17, Level 1, 54 Benjamin Way. The drop-in hours are 10am to 4pm, Monday to Friday, and can be contacted on 6253-3643 on the landline or by emailing karma at info at karma.org.au. And I'll just remind you now, before we go on to the next bit, that the next Karma Opioid Overdose Recognition and Response with Naloxone Workshop, which is hard to say in one breath, will be held on Tuesday, December the 5th. So it's the first Tuesday of every month. And it'll be at the Early Morning Centre, 69 Northbourne Avenue. To book a place or to get further information, call Dave or Damo on that number, 6253 3643. Yeah, and Dave was saying that the um, sort of temporary shortage of uh, Nixoid looks like it's coming to an end. There was, Is it? Yeah, there was, you know, going to have to fall back on Ampules um, possibility. Yeah, um, well, I had Ampules, but I would much rather have some uh, nasal sprays. They're much easier to use. There's no anxiety because injecting somebody with anything produces anxiety in the person doing the injecting and the person being injected. So, yeah, I would rather have um, the nasal spray. 
Well, when time is so precious, um, you know, having to snap open an ampule, draw up the naloxone, get it intramuscular, Mm -hmm. you know. Get it underneath somebody's clothing or, you know, shove it in between in someone's jeans and hope you haven't broken the tip. Yeah, it's... It's Yeah, no, it's a very stressful activity, I can tell you. I've tried it. And it, it's not fun. No, the nasal spray is very, a big, The nasal spray was a great improvement. Yeah, um, I think we might um, have to clarify the date of the AGM. I think we might have um, given the wrong date last week. Um, it's actually on Wednesday, the 30th of November. That's from right. 12 till 2pm. And 12 o'clock is lunchtime, right? So from 12 o'clock till 1 o'clock we'll have lunch and a chance to get to know each other. Um, introduce new members, which I'm hoping that we'll have plenty of, uh, because you can register as a member for um, some time before the AGM. Uh, then at one o'clock, the business of the meeting will start, and we have um, a, an agenda, which you may add to. I may, might uh, add. You can add pieces to it because at the bottom there are other. Any other business, an item called any other business, which means that if you want to say something about karma and what karma ought to be doing or does well or doesn't do well... Speak up. Speak up. Make it your opportunity. But give notice to the karma management so that they can put it on the agenda and make sure that you can have your turn to speak because there's no point in just having an annual general meeting if all you do is slap bang, let's have the board of management, the same board of management, let's have the um, the auditor's report uh, and the treasurer's report and the executive officer's report and any other business. No. The more involvement, the better. Yeah, absolutely. The greater the number of members, the greater the contribution. That's right. And there's plenty. I know there are people out there who want to say things about what they would like to see happen. And given that karma is open to peer information, information from peers, we are not. We're not the bosses of you. We're not the bosses of drug drug use. What we can do is advocate on your behalf. And if you bring an item to the annual general meeting and make it um, an item that we can attach to our um, submissions for the next financial year so we can make a project out of it, it can work really well and you can be involved in it. Members are allowed to be. Them. Volunteers can be involved in it. Yes. Organisations so, yeah. are as good as their membership. Only as good as their membership. And, and their involvement. Yeah. So that's a very good point, Marion. Okay, uh, news from the Drug War Front reports on news stories that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles uh, featured in the program come from other sources, including the mainstream media. The contents of the broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Karma and the Connection. Karma does not recognise nor condemn drug use, and we do not promote illegal activity. However, we recognise that drug use happens and will continue to happen regardless of laws and United Nations conventions. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. We seek to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development 
and the delivery of person-centred holistic healthcare. And Karma advocates for equity of health service delivery for all people, which is quite a reasonable um, proposition, I would have thought. Absolutely. The first thing that popped into my head that um, many of the articles featured in this program come from other sources. We don't need to mean tomato sauce. Neither do we we mean, you know... What is it, that brown stuff that you put on uh, chops? We used to put on chops anyway. Don't know, I'm vegetarian, man. Oh, that's right, darling. You don't drink, eat that rubbish, do you? Never mind. It's good for you, even though you don't have to have it. Okay. All right. Um, my colleague Dave has um, offered a song, well, uh, Dead Kennedy CD, but he's um, suggested a song called We've Got a Bigger Problem Now, The Dead Kennedys.
All right. Thanks, Dave, for that. Uh, the dead Kennedys, and uh, we've got a bigger problem now. But they're not dead, though, Jeffrey, by the sound of them. <laughs> they're really loud. <laughs> yeah, they were a pretty political band uh, back in the day. Indeed. Did some good stuff. Um, all right. It's uh, coming up about, uh, well, on towards 10 minutes to 11, and you're listening to News from the Drug War Front. And we've got a community warning about severe reactions um, amongst people uh, consuming uh, poppy seeds. This is from 11th of November. And this, this, and this actually comes from legitimate sources. So don't let – we have um, stories further on that come from not-so-legitimate sources. So don't feel that everything that we say from on this program comes from legitimate source. We normally tell you when we have confidence in where the uh, story comes from. And this yeah. is one of those – areas from which we have some confidence. Yeah, New South Wales Health is warning people about the dangers of, dangers of consuming large amounts of poppy seeds after at least eight people in New South Wales presented uh, to hospital with severe poisoning soon after ingestion. More cases have been reported interstate. Symptoms of poisoning have only been observed when people have purposely consumed poppy seeds as a drink. Reported symptoms can be severe, including seizures, severe muscle pain, severe muscle spasm, cramping, stiffness or abnormal movements. Preliminary investigations suggest that high levels of a naturally occurring chemical in the raw poppy seeds may be a factor, which needs to be well cooked to be destroyed. The investigation is ongoing and there have been no cases of poisoning in people who have eaten poppy seeds as part of a baked food product. I mean, you see them on bagels and That's right. bread rolls yeah. and all sorts of things. And as I understand, as I said to you off air, Jeffrey, uh, the Romanians, I think, is have it as a, a Christmas uh, de dessert. So, and they enjoy it and it makes them dozy and they enjoy that. So you can still get that kind of effect from, but it's... Uh, it's been enjoyed for centuries. You, yeah. yeah, for a long, long time it's been enjoyed. Medical director of the, um, this is the article goes on, medical director of the New South Wales Poisons Information Centre, Associate Professor Darren Roberts said, consuming large quantities of this chemical in poppy seeds can be dangerous. Or consuming large quantities of anything can be dangerous. Quote, we are urging anyone who has had large quantities of poppy seeds, for example, as a drink, and who experiences any unusual severe symptoms to seek immediate medical attention by visiting your nearest emergency department. Call triple zero for emergency assistance, Associate Professor Darren Roberts said. The New South Wales Poisons Information Centre can be contacted on for 24-7 on 13 11 26, so that's 131126, and can provide more information about poisons and what to do in cases of uh, suspected cases of poppy seed poisoning. New South Wales Health is working with the New South Wales Food Authority as well as other jurisdictions in uh, to investigate the issue for further. And I would like them, I, I encourage that. I really need people to investigate that um, in great detail so that we know exactly what we're talking about. When we put out an alert of any kind and we're telling people not to take a particular kind of or format of uh, opioid, if you like, or, uh, because if they're opioid seeds, 
not if they're opium poppies, not just ordinary poppy seeds. Um, we need to know if they are dangerous. We need to know if that's true, that what we're getting is factual Accurate research information. information. Yep. Yeah, now, look, I've been um, just uh, uh, skimming through an article from a magazine called Food Chemistry, and it says... Uh, total amount of alkaloids in an opium poppy depends on different factors such as variety, location, climate, as well as harvesting time and technique used. Thebane is widely used as um, a synthetic precursor for manufacturing therapeutically used opiates such as buprenorphine, utilised amongst others for treatment of pain in cancer patients and also as an opioid uh, maintenance treatment. Mature poppy seeds obtained from capsules of different varieties of Papava somniferum, which is the, uh, the name for the Opium poppy. Opium poppy, yeah. And poppy seed oil are either marketed to consumers directly for culinary use or for the production of processed foods such as baked goods and desserts. So I think um, the suggestion is that this, this is a, um, a, a poppy seed that's got a lot of thebane in it. Maybe there's been some uh, distribution uh, hiccup or some sort of problem, but thebane is... In is big the, consumers, that's the problem. Likely yeah. to be the that cause of that item yeah. hospitalisation, and um, there is a difference, a big difference between the uh, kind of uh, opium, the poppy seeds that you get as a herb or as a product from the supermarket, and that which you get from the uh, from the nat- from the health food shops. Yeah, they're quite different. If you look at them, one is very black. And the other one is a quite different colour. It's quite green. But we'll keep people advised as more information comes to hand. Hopefully more information does come to hand because I really want to know more about that. I thought an appropriate song for that story is uh, The Saints Know Your Product, (laughs) 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 which uh, we'll play. This is The Saints.
Right, that was the Saints and Know Your Product. Always very important to uh, know your product. Okay, it's uh, coming up uh, news time at 11, but I've um, got time just to um, mention the uh, ABLE, the Australian Injecting Illicit Drug Users League, um, 30th anniversary. As part of the 30th anniversary, they've organised the Australian Stigma Conference at Parliament House in Canberra this Thursday. Um, ABLE was first incorporated as an association back in 1982. So this is an historic milestone to celebrate 30 years of an organisation that was one of the national leaders in the response to the HIV AIDS epidemic in Australia. 30 years on, ABLE still here fighting for the health and human rights of people who use drugs and also who inject drugs, one of the most stigmatised groups of people in Australia. The inaugural Australian Stigma Conference is going to be held uh, on the 17th of November in the Great Hall of the Australian Parliament House. It's a forum-style conference bringing together policymakers, healthcare professionals and people who use drugs to engage in dialogue and hear about how stigma uh, adversely affects people who use drugs. Uh, I'm definitely going to be going along with, um, I think, uh, most of the uh, staff at Karma. And uh, it's just um, such an important issue, as we say often on this show. All right, coming up to the national news, we shall return after that. All right, uh, welcome back to News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation and Advocacy on Community Radio 2XFM 98.3. And uh, as we do uh, every program, um, just like to thank 2XX for the support of our show and uh, the dozens of... Uh, programs that are produced um, by volunteers that cover um, issues that you wouldn't hear on the mainstream media. So if you can join as a subscriber or offer a few hours of volunteer time, that would be um, most welcome. I've just got some extra information about the story we had before the news about the um, people being uh, poisoned, I guess, essentially, say, by poppy seeds. Um, one patient evidently was tested was found to have a little morphine but large amounts of thebane in their blood. Um, Hospitalised after just 120 grams of poppy wash, it appears that toxic thebane poppy seeds have entered the food distribution network with dire uh, consequences. The reported toxicology would be consistent with seeds sourced from high thebane content poppies. Now, these are selectively bred poppy strains which contain very little morphine and are used to make oxycodone, buprenorphine, naloxone, naltrexone 
and some other semi-synthetic opioids. And uh, there was a spate of accidental poisoning some years ago when these first started to appear in uh, Tasmanian pharmaceutical poppy seeds and consumers raided the wrong fields. Yeah, Geoffrey, I just had a look at um, Wikipedia when I was downstairs. Right. And it may well be that that's where people got their information from. Wikipedia is not always a factual... No, because it's written um, by people uh, that contribute. Yeah, by anyone that contributes to it. So, and uh, there are about half a dozen authors of the Thebane um, information in Wikipedia, and it doesn't. It actually talks about the production of codeine from Thebane. Right. So I'm wondering if that's where people are getting their information from, and that's why they think that taking poppy seeds is an alternative to using codeine. So you need to be a bit careful about where you get your information from. Yeah, it's a good and, point. Yeah. I, I like um, Wikipedia, but you're right, it's yeah, not Yeah, no, Wikipedia is handy, but you've got to be careful about what's in there and not take it as gospel. Yeah. This goes on to say, Thebane is a stimulant, not a depressant, and Thebane toxicity is extremely dysphoric. Symptoms include anxiety, panic attacks, shortness of breath, and tachycardia, and, and can cause potentially fatal convulsions. Thebane is approximately 10 times as toxic as morphine by weight, um, so that's to be of, of concern. And um, the assumption is that culinary poppy seed production process has been contaminated by poppy seeds from alkaloid production streams. Reports, both official and anecdotal, of Thebane toxicity have been seen in Western Australia, Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. Distribution is likely Australia-wide to major and minor retailers. The amount of seed usually used by tea drinkers will cause, potentially cause hospitalisation or potentially death if the contaminated product is used. Now, the tea or seed wash has a very dark brown colour and it's very bitter, which are apparently unusual for those familiar with poppy seed tea. Yeah, because it's gross. It's actually, it looks like urine, the colour of poppy seed um, juice once it's been manufactured, um, you know, draining the poppy seeds or cooking the poppy seeds. Yep. Advice for all poppy seed tea drinkers should really be, until we know, know more, how far is the contamination reached? People should, in the meantime, avoid all products. For those really, really confident, you could start using very, very low amounts and try it. And if its effect profile is not what is expected, then throw it out. But that's a nuance that relies on people knowing what they are doing, mm. and that's a tricky thing to rely on because everyone generally thinks they know what they're doing. Yep. Um, so that's a little bit more context to um, the health alert and um, very sensible if, yeah. if something doesn't look right. Um, it probably isn't. And be cautious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's very sensible. And that's inevitably what we say just about every week. Be careful of what you're taking. Even the songs we play, know your products, for instance. You know, you yeah. need to know more about what you're taking the difficulty I have is sometimes you will ring the Poisons Information Centre and they will ask you why you want to know. Um, and that is a bit of a difficulty. You need to get information without any provisos on your reasons for wanting to know what drugs you're asking about. You want facts, and what not you, morality. That's right. You don't want a moral no. discussion no. about why you want information about a particular drug. And that's why a lot of the um, 
you know, the rhetoric, just say no and drugs are bad and all that, it doesn't really enlighten people as to the reality of the pros and cons, the risks. Well, we um, have a look at the police report from the United States, Jeffrey, for instance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talk about that. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that might be a good thing to go on to, just to, apropos of sourcing your information properly. No, given that the United States charges large amounts for uh, naloxone or nixoid or naltrexone, I beg your pardon, um, the police claim, there's an article here from uh, police claim of Narcan resistant in Bloomington under scrutiny. And this is bringmethnews.com, November the 12th. Bring me the news, I think it is. Bring me the news. Yeah, you're right, it is. I missed that bit. Um, claims made by Bloomington, Minnesota Chief uh, Booker Hodges this week regarding a cocktail of synthetic op- opioids referred to as grey death are under scrutiny. Speaking at a press conference on Thursday, Hodges announced a seizure of the drugs, so-called for their grey appearances following a recent search of the city, a search warrant in the city, and expressed, expressed extreme concern over the discovery, claiming the drugs are resistant to the opioid antidote, excuse me, Narcane, also known as naloxone. That's happened quite a lot, hasn't it? There's been reports of um, they have. fentanyl is so strong that naloxone won't work. Won't and, get over yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And I, my... Issue with that probably is that the the amount of uh, naloxone in the spray, Nixoid, may not be quite enough to get over the dosage, and that you may need to use those a second ampules, dose or yeah, third, a second or third yeah, dose, yeah, at least. But it's not totally ineffective. Which no, is absolutely not. Um, Especially not if you're using it on heroin, Jeffrey, and depending upon the strength of the heroin and how used you are to what kind of tolerance you've got to the heroin you're using. But as we say, it only works on opiates. That's right. However, this claim, uh, claiming the drugs are resistant to the opioid uh, antidote narcane known as naloxone. However, this claim has received, received immediate pushback from drug experts with medical toxicologist Ryan Marino telling Fox 9 that Hodge's commentary was quite dangerous, in brackets, and factually incorrect, and that no opioids are confirmed to be resistant to Narcane. There have been many claims in recent years that new, super-powerful synthetic opioids, such as fentanyl and carfentanyl, are, quote, resistant to naloxone, end quote, But the Centre for Health Policy and Law says this is not the case. Case. It notes that powerful synthetic opioids still respond to narcane, but that due to their potency, narcane is required to be administered much more quickly after overdose and in greater amount, which which is is what what we were saying. Dr Elizabeth Andros... Uh, Ambrose, an associate professor of medicinal chemistry at the University of Minnesota's Masonic Cancer Centre, told Bring Me the News that this is essentially correct. However, she notes that, quote, a highly potent and lethal combination of opioids, such as grey death, has the potential to cause instant death. Well, there's certainly a lot more powerful, effective... um Fentanyl, car fentanyl. Um. And it doesn't mean that people will die if you use um, 
heart pre- heart massage. CPR. Yeah? So CPR, is, that's one of the reasons for actually doing the training yeah. for over, um, response, op- response to opioid overdose. So you learn yeah? about rescue breathing, you learn about recovery rescue position, naloxone. Yeah, the yeah. That's right. Well, and I- that is not the be-all and end-all. And they do ask you, if you ring triple zero, they will ask you to stay on the phone until you get a response Which is from the person yeah. uh, who has apparently overdosed from opioids. So, And if they haven't recovered by the time the ambulance arrives or if they've recovered, they don't send the ambulance out, which is very sensible. It saves a lot of money yep. if you use the right amount for the person that you're using Nixoid and naloxone on, as well as CPR. Yeah, well, we've had great support and cooperation from ACT Ambulance Services. That's right. I, I had a great talk with uh, a woman on Triple Up Zero. And, oh, okay. Yeah, making sure that uh, I'd given him enough, given the person enough, and in fact, I'd given him the injectable because yep. it was what was available at the time. I'd given him one um, vial of the injectable. Uh, naloxone, yep. and that didn't work, so I gave him another one, yep. and that seemed not to work. Um, and so I gave him another one, but then by the time I'd given him the third one, he'd actually come around. Right, good And, one. in fact, the problem was that he had told me that he had no... He had a tolerance, a high tolerance, to um, opioids and that... He hadn't used any more than a quarter of the amount of drugs that he had bought, and that was not true. Well, that doesn't so help. So you have to be really cautious yeah. about believing what people say they have taken and respond appropriately, especially if you're looking around trying to find the other three quarters of... Because if he divided his dose up into four, Where's how the come there are three <laughs> more empty syringes? Yeah. yeah no, it so, doesn't help being... Um, not truthful about And people don't know that they've overdosed when they come back. Mm, they no. don't know they died. No. So no. you really do, do need to actually sit with people and say to them, you died effectively and I will stay with you for three quarters of an hour yeah. and make sure that you don't slip back into a coma again. That's actually a very good, important factor to stay with someone just because they That's come back. Right. Just because they've responded Doesn't and they mean. look like they're back together again. Does, because Nixoid or Naloxone runs um, last uh, for a shorter period of time than heroin or opioids do. Well, yeah. yeah the, the heroin six, can uh, Four to six hour half-life for yep. heroin yep. and only, what, three quarters of an hour or so for naloxone or Narcan. That might be wrong, Dave. I'm sorry if I'm giving the wrong, if, wrong information, but you'll find out the correct information anyway from by going to the training program. Do the course. Program. Ring, do the course ring Dave or Dave. the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, let's finish this off. Technically, this combination is not, quote, resistant to naloxone, but reversal of grey death can require uh, far larger doses of naloxone than is needed to counteract a typical, quote, street opioid. And yes, rapid administration is critical, she said. In 2017, the National Heroin Coordination Group noted that uh, claims that powerful synthetic analogues render naloxone ineffective are, quote, incorrect and misleading acknowledging that additional doses of naloxone may be required in such cases to fully resuscitate a patient. 
quote, if administered quickly and at a sufficient dose, naloxone and other opioid antagonists are effective against all opioids, regardless of their potency. Mm. And we can't stress that enough. No, Um, it's really important. Well, there have been so many reports, you know, even ones where, you know, Police are scared that if they touch one grain of fentanyl, it's potentially fatal. Oh, and look, I mean, apparently what? there was a, a program on television of a guy with um, lacerations in his foot standing in a puddle of water on the seaside where a, uh, a load of fentanyl had broken up and he'd been sta- and died immediately. <laughs> yeah, I just the. Rubbish that comes out of television is also to be blamed for the problems that people face. Well, it, do, it doesn't dealing help. Dealing with reality. Yes, it doesn't help. Lies, no. misinformation, exaggeration. Yeah. You know. It's back to the same old, I just say no. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You, do, you need to make sure you know your facts. Uh, and if you have to argue with someone about it, then you have to argue with them. If you know reality... You tell a copper, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Because you have done the training. They haven't. Yeah. And how many people has a well-informed naloxone program, like the one that Karma runs, yep. you know, how many people's lives have been saved? You know, Abs- well, so many. Lots. Yep. According to Bloomington Police, both grey death and so-called black tar heroin-style fentanyl were found during a search of a home. Um Authorities administered over 755 fentanyl pills and two suspects were arrested. While speaking at a press conference, um, Hodges, the police chief, said the department is working to raise awareness about these drugs, Mm. which might be unrecognisable to most people, including police. The grey death substances look like mud, he said, and the black tar substances could be mistaken for the tar left behind by smoking marijuana from a pipe. Doesn't sound very nice. That looks like dirt to me. He quoted, uh, he said, quoted as saying, pointing to a grade death sample. If I saw that, I would think it was dirt. There have been multiple reports over the years identifying a, quote, grade death style of drug cocktail, although there doesn't appear to be any consensus of its constitution, though the elephant tranquilizer carfentanil and fellow synthetic opioid fentanyl are typically mentioned. Uh, Bloomington's currently experiencing record year overdoses with 15 deaths uh, already so far with only six uh, recorded overdose deaths in the city last year. Mm. So, um, And that's inevitably going to be the problem. They also have a problem with distribution of naloxone because they have to pay such high prices for it. And if you remember over the, over the weeks, Geoffrey, in fact, over the years that we've been talking about naloxone, they've had problems in the United States with distribution, who's going to get how many doses and who can of naloxone. Pay for it? Who can afford it? Who are we going to save and who are we not going to save? They have yeah. to choose between whose life is going to be left at risk and who are they going to save. Um, and who's going to be distri- who is it going to be distributed to the police or the ambulance or first responders of some kind or another? I think the wider the better. And they need to be trained, no matter who yeah. is given it to. They need to be trained. I mean, even people who are getting regular pres- um, prescriptions for pharmaceutical opioids, I think, should be trained and given oh, naloxone. Absolutely, and their family members or loved ones trained as well. Without a doubt. It just seems to make 
perfect common sense. But anyway, certainly do. All right, got a track. Uh, Dave will love this. Um, we went and saw Tool just before the pandemic shut everything down. Uh, this is from the Undertow album, and it's called uh, Sober. This is Tool. The track. That's no, track three. Okay, this is Sober Tool. I am 
just an imbecile. I will only complicate you. Trust in me and fall as well. I will find a center in you. I will chew it up and leave. Trust me, trust me. Right, that was uh, Tool from sure the Undertow was. album and Sober. Yeah, that's the band Dave and I uh, went to see just before the pandemic closed uh, international acts from arriving in Australia and shut down the music industry. It was February uh, 2020, I think. We went to Sydney to see them. Yeah. They were unbelievable. Live band. They were just extraordinary. Right. Anyway, we've got a, a piece which I thought was interesting um, given the general trend towards um making cannabis laws less severe, certainly mm. uh, here in Canberra. But um, This one's called uh, Too Little Too Late by Dominic Adams, um, dailyemerald.com, November the 11th. On October the 6th, 2022, the Biden administration granted a pardon for the offence of simple possession of can- cannabis. This pardon expunged ref- ref- <laughs> records for roughly... 6,500 people who'd been charged with that crime, according to Reuters. At face value, this seems to be a positive step towards repairing the damage caused by the federal war on drugs. The the first crack in this facade is the fact that zero people were in fact were in federal prison for simple possession of cannabis at the time of Biden's, Biden's pardon, as reported by the New York Times. The most anyone benefiting from the pardon can look forward to is a clean record. The most, uh, the unfortunate truth is that this proclamation is a half measure that's all talk and no walk. The White House has only the power to grant pardons for those charged with federal crimes. Therefore, people charged at the state level for simple possession of cannabis in any of 30 states where cannabis is still illegal do not benefit. Biden's statement does include a plea to state officials to perform a similar pardon, but nothing has come of it yet. So, disappointingly, no one will be actually released from prison state or federal, as a result of this pardon. Well, that makes it not quite so... Um, not as enthusi- yeah. enthusiastically received as he thought it might have been. Hmm. 
The most critical proof that this pardon is a hollow pittance is the fact that 99% of people in federal prison for drug-related crimes are charged with drug trafficking and not simple possession, according to the Department of Justice. According to general rule, federal prosecutors do not prosecute simple possession of cannabis because in most cases it's out of their jurisdiction. In other cases... The crime is simply not severe enough to warrant federal action where it could be handled at the state level. This is why only 1% of all victims of the federal war on drugs benefit, while the vast majority continue to languish within the prison industrial complex. The President's clemency in this case does very little to solve the systemic issues which continue to plague our justice system. Even the proclamation itself, somewhat ironically, showed how little the, the needle has moved. The federal government still refers to cannabis as marijuana. In the official title of the pardon, marijuana, a term with a storied and frankly racist past, is an antiquity that should be collecting dust, not standing proudly on White House letterhead. But what, we, what did we expect from a government that has routinely ignored scientific findings on the relative safety of cannabis? The same government has vilified cannabis, used it as an excuse to over-police underserved communities. I hate to be a stick in the mug, but no, despite how, men, how much I would like for this pardon to represent progress, we've really only been given an inch. Yeah. Since its inception, the war on drugs has unfairly targeted people of colour and other minority groups. If the intent of this war was to indeed save us all from the evils of drugs, well, it doesn't seem to be working. The fact that drug use under these policies has significantly risen and overdose deaths are far higher than they've ever been, uh, the feds have handily lost the war, but the public certainly did not win. These policies have, on the other hand, been wildly successful in accelerating mass incarceration and creating the prison industrial hellscape that we all know today. I mean, that's another thing in America. They've got so many private prisons where the incentive is, you know, give us people to fill it up. So that's we right, fill up the prison. And that's inevitably the case anyway, private or public, Jeffrey. If you have a prison, fill it, otherwise it's not cost effective. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we have to expand the uh, AMC by one third because we filled it. If you build it, they will come. And that's right. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. And we will the magistrates will send the people there. Yeah, well that's you know another thing to remember in the US is when the three strikes um you're in uh policy came yeah. into law. For a lot of people, this, their third so-called strike was... Might have been simple possession of cannabis, cannabis. And that would be the end of their career as a human being, basically. Life in jail. That's right. I That's mean, it. It just boggles the mind that like anyone could, could think that that was um, sensible policy. Um, or a relief to anybody in government. Firstly, it doesn't touch anybody except federal... Um, prisoners and or federal offenders, yeah. and they don't choose to uh, charge people with simple possession. They deal with dealers yeah. at a very high level. Um, and secondly, you know, those three strikes and you're out stuff is um, just, just mind-boggling. Just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's frightening. Yeah, 
No, it's really scary. Uh, another uh, massive problem within the war on drugs is the current scheduling of cannabis. And on a somewhat more positive note, the Biden White House addressed the issue in its proclamation and has requested a review of the Schedule 1 classification of cannabis, which, as we've said, is uh, defined as no medical benefit whatsoever. That's right. So the top of the top, the worst of the worst. Yep. However, no progress can be made until that review yields any actual change. Until that day remains, until that day, cannabis remains a Schedule 1 drug. Despite and that's what we were saying before, Jeffrey, you know, and yet cocaine is a level two drug. Yeah. Which that, says it does have, means it implies it does have medical some benefit. medical benefit. Yeah. I yeah. know. Oh, the fact that cannabis is at the highest you know, the nastiest the drug. The worst that, drug in the world. Yeah. I think he's been watching too much of, um, what's the, the name of that movie? I keep Reefer Madness. Quoting to you, Reefer Madness, yeah, yeah. Which is just hilarious. He just keeps on watching it, yeah, just for humour, I'm imagining. It's it's crazy. Um, where are we up to? Yep. Um, yeah, no progress can be made until that review yields any actual change. Until that day, cannabis remains a Schedule 1 drug, despite the fact that the schedule system is designed to classify drugs in order of how dangerous they are to someone's health. It's hard to take a government seriously um, when the drug that makes me want to listen to disco and pig out on hum hummus <laughs> has been assessed to be on par with heroin and more dangerous than fentanyl, which is Schedule 2, which claimed the lives of 71,238 people in 2021, according to the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention. When... Or if cannabis is rescheduled, I might feel a little more hopeful, but it is much too early to jump for joy. In addition to rescheduling cannabis and other drugs, the government needs to take a very hard look at the complete failure of punitive justice when applied to drug use. There simply isn't a demonstrable value to imprisoning drug users, and yet there are still people in state prison for simple possession charges who've lost their civil rights and years of their lives. We must ask ourselves, how is this helping them? I'm absolutely certain prison is far more damaging to an individual than smoking cannabis ever could be. Here's the hard truth. The war on drugs is, is not over and the vast majority of casualties will never get justice for the wrongs done to them. I'm happy for the few that receive clemency, but I can't help but be immensely disappointed for the 30,000 or so people across America who are still in prison for something that is legal in 20 states. And there's yeah, there's no two ways about it. Um, prison is a university of crime. Yeah, oh, you go to prison to learn how to do what you did before, only better and harder and worse. Yeah, it's not going to lead to an improvement in your no, um, in your behaviour. You're going to learn how to fight better. Yeah, you're going to learn how to protect yourself. You're yeah. going to learn how to do favours for people that you owe either money, drugs, or a favour to it's, it's not a healthy environment not a healthy environment anyway concludes this country doesn't have a drug problem it has a drug enforcement problem yeah. well said until we fundamentally change how we view punitive measures for non-violent offenders justice can never truly be served that's a good piece, Mary. It is a good piece, isn't it? It was by Dominic Adams, November mm. the 11th. Very good piece. Um, I've had a, uh, some feedback from a regular listener, Jack. Um, I made a mistake uh, when I said Avel was incorporated in 1982. Of course, that was 40 years ago, not 30. Um, <laughs> and it's coming up on its 30th anniversary. So, of course, that was uh, 1992. 
Um, and we should remind people too that we're electing office bearers this fight, this um, at the calm annual general meeting. Yeah, we've had two years of the uh, current board. current board, and now it's time to change the board members. So we'll elect the board members this. Um, AGM on the 30th of November, and it's very important that you know we have some new uh, blood and some fresh ideas. And um, we'd like some younger people, yeah, up some, too. Some yeah, come and, and think. We need some new ideas, we need some new people, we need some new blood, we need some new uh, ideas, fresh ideas, and fresh approaches to what we should be doing. Um, otherwise, we're all going to die, and it'll just fade away into yeah. nothingness, and that would be a real shame. It would be a real shame. Yeah, I noticed um, at the Stigma Conference they're organising um, some tours, I think, to visit the uh, drug checking, drug testing facility good. in at One More Street, which I think is really good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's an impressive lineup of speakers um, and a very interesting um, schedule. You know, people like Sioni, or Sioni's doing the opening remarks, uh, used to be... Um, uh, well, effectively, the job Chris does as um, Executive Director of Karma. That's right. Uh, Professor Carla Trelaw, Annie Madden, um, former Greens leader Richard Di Natale, uh, David Shoebridge, who's in the New South Wales Greens. And we might tell you um, right now that uh, because the Stigma Conference is on tomorrow, on Thursday, Thursday, rather, that doesn't mean that the clinic is not on. The clinic will still be open from 10 till 2 with the doctor and the nurse. Yes. So although the staff from Karma will be attending the uh, Stigma Conference because it's really important to drug users to know what's going on in that field and to actually present their opinions yep. and to listen what's, to what's happening uh, at a federal and local level in various places and what kinds of ideas are being promoted. But that doesn't mean that we stop operating things like the cl the health clinic no. for drug users. So that will still be open on Thursday from 10 till 2, I think yep, it is. and you don't need to make an appointment. You don't so. need to make an appointment. So, yeah, do turn up if you need it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're afraid of turning up to a place where it's full of peer educators and full of people that you don't want to know, there will only be a doctor and a nurse there. Yeah. They'll be there to look after you and to make sure that you are okay and that you're doing what you need to do to keep yourself safe, healthy, well and alive. Yeah, it's a great service. I've got another thing to promote. Um, if you've ever used alcohol and other drug uh, service in the ACT, um, you can take part in a survey group discussion and get paid $50 for your time. Um, it, we're aiming to well, help us to improve services for you. It'll be one to one and a half hours with lunch provided. Uh, places are limited, so if you're interested, uh, call Karma on 6253 3643. Especially because it'll be $50 per person. Well, yeah. Will we, you be re in, uh, what's the word? Um, in uh, uh, incentivised, yeah, that's in the word. Incentivised is fifty dollars well, per person. I think, yeah, it's a reasonable rewarded amount. for your time yeah, and your contribution, absolutely. and you get lunch as well. And yes. it's a really good idea. Yeah, no, it's really important. So, yeah, call Karma uh, or a Toda, which is six two four nine six three five eight. And the um, interesting thing about that is that we have been saying for a very long time, or I know I've been saying for a long time that treatment services don't address the issues that people need them to address. And what we need is um, the 
positive and negative experiences that people have had from their presentation at alcohol and drug treatment services, what they've got and what they haven't got, what they need and what they don't need. Um, and that's the way we're going to find out. And Atoda and Karma are joining up together to do it and to yep. find out how you feel about what services there are in Canberra or in its surrounds and how you might they might better be provided to you as a consumer. Which is a really important um, well, ambition. We, yeah, certainly one important for Karma and pleased to hear that it's important for a Toda too. Yeah. Oh, I've got another thing to um, mention. There's uh, the Hemp Health and Innovation, which is Australia's largest hemp and cannabis event. It's coming to Canberra. Uh, November 19th and 20th and um, it basically says that uh, it's the only event in Australia for anyone and everyone seeking all the information around the crucial benefits that the hemp and cannabis plant continue to unlock and their sustainable solutions for the future. Great. There'll be experiential and educational and interactive activities for all ages alongside local and international exhibitors. It's the opportunity to taste, touch, feel and experience it all through workshops, displays, speakers, stages and exhibitors. And it'll showcase everything from hemp fibres, foods, beverages, clothing, textiles, medicinal products, medicinal access, oils and tinctures, extraction gear, equipment, vapes, art, building materials, beauty products, gardening, yep. hydroponic equipment and much, much more. So the whole idea is not only do you find out a lot about marijuana, about hemp products and about uh, cannabis and cannabinoids, you find out how to grow it, how to produce it and how to construct it in such a way as that it is palatable for you and useful for yourself and your personal use and for those people around you who you found needed. Yeah, I think it's really important. I noticed one of the speakers is Michael Pedersen, who oh, um, great. put forward the private members bill that led to it becoming legal to grow to um, plants outdoors yeah, in Canberra. that's great. Um, and there seems to be a whole range of experts um, related to cannabis and various aspects of it. Um, I don't know all these people, but... Uh, there's it doesn't matter. I bet you they're on the uh, website. Yeah, look, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, because there is a website devoted to um, cannabinoids. I know that Mary's on it, and uh, it's got lots of information on it. And it's a this is a really good opportunity to go to meet those people who can give you the information you need on how to grow it, how to produce it, how to make. Gee, I don't know, marijuana butter, you know. Just the simple things and the positive things about it and not filled with um, propaganda yeah. about how it uh, will kill you. Exactly. And uh, the number of people that I know who are prepared to promote things like the positive use of cannabinoid or cannabidol uh, products um, and yet will not accept it for use of, for their partners is just mind-boggling. Well, it just seems unreasonable. One of the saddest things to my mind, my mind Marion, is that prohibition of the war on drugs has led to so many potential uses of cannabis, which who knows how many are as yet undiscovered. That's right. To, to treat people and ease their suffering or... Um, pain or well, you think about think about diet, for instance, Jeffrey. Think about people you know with cancer, who really need something to enhance or, their diet, and yeah. something to help them to sleep 
<coughs> excuse me, and yet are unable to get hold of it. And why do they find it unable to get hold of? Because it's still substantially under the rug. Yeah. It's still pretty much still secretive. Legal. It's a very small number of people who have access to it or have had access to it. It's getting bigger all the time. But this is a really good opportunity to find out, to make contacts, to network with people who are producing cannabis, cannabis and cannabidol. Um, I'm not getting that word right every time. Cannabidol. The and I see the oil. There's so many different aspects. So cannabinoids, yeah. cannabidol. And just anyway, really good reasons for you to go along to this and have a look at it and find out how you produce it. I've just found it's easy enough to just grow my own plants, grow two for myself, and they have turned out beautifully. Awesome. Yeah. I'm and sure just things the have, second season, they were perfect. I'm sure things have changed from when I... Tried to grow some plants back in the late seventies. Oh yes, <laughs> inside in my flat in St Gilda. Well, but. and the more you produce, the more you grow them, the pa- more uh, powerful the seeds become, the stronger they become. So they really um, become better at producing a better quality yeah. of uh, cannabis. And I just think it's good to know from experts why that might happen, yeah. and what you need to know to make sure that you. Using the right tools and not using uh, the chemicals that make, um, which can make cannabis uh, quite uh, dangerous, if you like, to consume. Because I believe that there are cannab- that uh, there are chemicals within, particularly hydroponics, that ought not to be there, but oh. they make it stronger, um, and that in itself is a little bit of a difficulty for I've me. I've heard of all sorts of strange things being added, horse tranquilizer, um, all kinds of weird... Well, you can cover up things. Yeah, yeah. you can cover up all sorts of, of drugs with um, other drugs or other chemicals to make it feel like... Um, a marijuana stone or a cannabis stone, uh, and yet what you're actually getting is the results of the chemical, yep. not the stone that you get from cannabis. So it's just important that and that's you take one note of, the of that. Many negatives of prohibition and the so war on drugs. When's this on, Jeffrey? Oh yeah, okay, November nineteenth till twentieth, and I actually have the the website. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Marin. Yeah, it's www.hhi. Expo, all one word, so double H I E X P O dot com dot au. So Expo dot com dot au. So it's okay. the Hemp Health and Innovation uh, Conference or Expo. Okay, and when's it? Where's it at? Uh, I think it's at Epic uh, in Mitchell. At Epic, okay. So it's big. It's going to be oh, a big one. Look, yeah. Just scrolling through the information, it. It looks big, you know. There's health and beauty, food and beverage, medicinal. Is there a cost to enter? Um, I don't see any mention of a charge. Um, but look, best to go to the website um, hhiexpo.com.au. They don't have a phone number. Uh, I don't think I have a phone number on this. Um, on their website, they've got a precinct map and a list of the speakers and. Um, and I th- I'm sure if you rang Michael, P- Michael Pedersen's office, you could probably get uh, a telephone contact from there for those people who don't like me, who are um, ignorant of... Um, like the old technology. Of technology, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, thought we'd play uh, one of your CDs that you brought in. This oh, you are going to do another one. Paul, oh, good. Paul Kelly from St Kilda to King's Cross. Just ah, a nice song. You're not. Rushing past And all around me Felt like all inside me And my body left me And my soul went running Have you ever seen King's Cross When the rain is falling soft I came in on the evening bus From Oxford Street I cut across And if the rain don't fall too hard Everything shines just like a postcard Everything goes on just the same Fair weather friends are the hungriest friends I keep my mouth well shut I cross with open hands Where the palm trees have it high I give you all of Sydney Harbour All that land and all that water For that one sweet promenade I give you all of Sydney Harbour All that land and all that water For that one sweet promenade Oh, he's a national treasurer, isn't he, Paul Kelly? He really yeah, is. Yeah, but they fight out so badly. They're dreadful for um, for, uh, journal, uh, for people on the road, disc jockeys, yeah, because you never know when they're going to finish. They fade out gently and you never know when they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we haven't got time to do the full story, but it's one that caught my eye from Harper's Bazaar, which I don't normally uh, read, but Dave uh, flicked me... Um, uh, a link to a story that said the 90s may be going viral, but that doesn't mean we need to re-enter a heroin chic epidemic. And it's basically about the fashion industry, but it refers and, yeah. back to the era of the early 90s, I think. Um, and saying that we're coming back to having that bit. They uh, say that uh, Kim and Chloe uh, Kardashian have had their booties taken out. Oh, um, the Brazilian butt lift. Yep. And uh, they've... Uh, 
also say that uh, the Kate Moss um, era of that was heroin chick, and that was because Kate Moss used heroin, okay? That was what it was based on. So she on. actually was. That's what? right. <laughs> but, in fact, it goes back further than that because Twiggy, although she didn't use heroin, she was, was built skinny. like a boy. Yeah. And that was the whole point. It was really all about designing dresses by men for women who look like boys. So it, you know, but the article itself is interesting and it seems to me that we're going through this wave of fat, thin, fat, thin yeah. and body image is always a problem and it's for, not women, good for women, not no. just for men, no. not just for women, I mean, no. but for men as well. But, you know, there are men who specifically like big women and there are men who can't stand fat women. Well, we should respect all but body. Body, t- body is body, yeah? yeah? It's yeah. not what you see, it's what's inside that matters, exactly. yeah? Look, I'll give you just a slight sample of the uh, article. It says, well, heroin chic was an epidemic uh, back in the 90s. Um, the role the fashion industry played in starting spreading and refusing to kill it cannot be understated. As a collective, our role in perpetuating the ultra-thin standard and encouraging predominantly unhealthy behaviours to achieve it is a dark and ugly stain on our industry. As hard as we scrub, it never seems to come out. For a while, following the damage done in the 90s and the, and the double O's, body image and weight were taboo topics in the media. With the rise of the body positivity movement, it's become largely unacceptable to participate in the insidious perpetrate perpetuation of unattainable body standards, promotion of diet culture or spotlighting and picking a part of celebrities' bodies on newsstands and websites. And the end of this is really why, So, which is why the headline published just a week ago felt like a collective cultural slap across the face. Bye-bye booty, heroin chick is back. Wow. Now that article is in, uh, what you say, Bizarre. Harper's Bazaar? Yep. We might put it on the website if we get a chance yeah. to, but it really is time that we well, said we're, bye-bye. We're getting toward, yeah. towards the end of the show, but uh, I do recommend it, even though it is it, you know, really no, about fashion. No, but it makes, it makes sense because a lot of women are very conscious about their body shapes and size. I know that having gone from uh, 60 kilo, well, actually, I was a lot less than that when I was using it at a very high level, but now that I'm a lot older, I've gone up to 67 kilos, and that goes with age, apparently. But, in fact, it really doesn't have anything to do with how you look. It has to do with what's inside. One thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. Oh, I remember that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that, that's really important. You need to remember that. Yeah, well, at least it has. The article does say, while the fashion industry cannot change the past, we can and must do better and champion inclusion in all of its forms as we move forward. Accordingly, it seems almost unfathomable that in 2022, fashion titles are doing little but bolster this toxic narrative. Mm. So, um, Harper's no, Bazaar, if you want yeah. to read the full article. But do have a look at it because it's really interesting and it's something you need to think about seriously whether you actually believe. That body body type is important. If what you look like yeah, is who you are, it's caused a lot of damage to a lot of people. It has, yeah. and goes on doing so. All right, thank you very much, uh, listeners, uh, regular and new. That's it for this week. We'll be back again at the same time next Tuesday. Take yeah. care of yourselves. Look after yourselves. Stay alive. Stay well. Stay stay safe. Happy. Stay yep. stoned. Do your best you can. Look to. after each other, and we love you. 
Take care, and we'll leave you with um, Golden Brown. Golden Brown. Bye, Bye. Jeffrey. Bye, Marion. Bye, everyone. Bye. Texture like sun Lays me down With my mind she runs Throughout the night No need to fight Never a frown With golden brown Every time Just like the last On her ship Tied to the mast Two distant lands Takes both my hands Never a frown with golden brown Golden brown, fine attemptress through the ages she's heading west From far away, stays for a day 